Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders gave a tremendous rebuttal to Joe Biden's State of the Union address last night. At 12.05 today, I want to give you some advance notice. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the the daughter of Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders told a story about a trip she took to Iraq with Donald Trump during his presidency on Christmas Day to visit the troops. The story takes some time to tell. It's about five minutes long. Uh, It would be the longest audio clip I've ever played on the show, but I'm going to play it. Because quite honestly, I'm not going to play it now. I'm going to play it at 12.05. I want to give you a chance to um, plan for it and if you can clear your decks to listen to it. I want you to listen to it because it moved me when I heard it. I listened to it this morning, and I saw last night Molly Hemingway of The Federalist, and you see Molly frequently on Fox News panel on Special Report with Brett Baer. Molly Hemingway said she was watching Sarah Huckabee Sanders live, and she cried at least twice. And I thought, wow, it must be a great speech, but I doubt that it will move me in that way. I listened to the end of her speech, the story about going to Iraq with President Trump, and I teared up. And the reason why I teared up is because if you love America— You understand why other people love America. And she does a great job with this story of articulating what is inside the heart of many Americans about their country. It is why we will never get on board with the transing of our children, why we will never get on board with the indoctrination of our kids in schools, why we should never get on board with and cease allowing ourselves to be represented by politicians who lie indiscriminately. Uh, There's a clip going around from the pre-State of the Union address from Jen Psaki, the former press secretary um, who is now a commentator on MSNBC. Uh, Listen to how Jen Psaki describes her former boss, Joe Biden biggest speech of the year any president gives. But what he needs to do is tell a story. Joe Biden is an amazing storyteller. I mean, you sit in the Oval Office, Crane can tell you, and he can storytell for six hours. He- yeah, well, he wouldn't be able to tell storytell me for six hours because I would fall asleep. He is not a great storyteller. He is not a fabulist. He is not an old man who has cognitive decline. He is a serial, unrepentant liar. That is what he is. That is what he has always been. At some point in his political career, Joe Biden became corrupted by Washington, D.C., and realized that he could prosper himself by lying without any fear of consequences. He is not the only one in Washington who does it. The people in Washington who do not do it, if they exist, are decidedly in the minority. And if we want to fix our country, we are going to have to stop allowing ourselves to be represented by people who say things that when we hear them, we know they are untrue, but, well, he's a better choice than the other, and so we'll just go ahead and put them in office. I thought Sarah Huckabee Sanders did a tremendous job of exposing Joe Biden's lies by putting them into the prism of the contrast between herself And Joe Biden. I'll be the first to admit President Biden and I don't have a lot in common. 
I'm for freedom. He's for government control. At 40, I'm the youngest governor in the country. And at 80, he's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first woman to lead my state. And he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Now, you know you've given a great rebuttal speech when a line from your rebuttal speech is the line that survives the news coverage and will live on going forward over and above anything Joe Biden said in his speech. A governor of Arkansas encapsulated perfectly where we are in our country. It's not normal. It's crazy. Yes, it is crazy. And I was having a conversation with a friend this morning about this, and I often say that the left never holds a victory party They never celebrate their wins. They're always pushing for more and more and more and more and more. That implies that they have had a long-range grand plan for this ridiculous course that we have traversed in this country over the past, let's just go 20 years. 20 years ago, there were no Democrats with the power of a Senate seat, let alone a presidency or a vice presidency, who would stand up and advocate for gay marriage. Not a one. Barack Obama, when he ran in 2008, was not an advocate for gay marriage, at least not openly, because he thought it couldn't get elected doing it. Remember when abortion was supposed to be safe, legal, and rare? Remember that? That was Hillary and Bill Clinton. Safe, legal, and rare. Last night at the State of the Union, we had a congressman wearing a pin that said abortion on it with the O in abortion represented by a heart. A heart. Massachusetts Senator... Ed Markey, he's not a congressman, he's a senator. He's one of a hundred. Ed Markey wears a pin right on his lapel that says abortion with a heart where the O is in abortion. There could not be a more clear demonstration of the satanic evil that grips the political left than glorifying the murder of unborn children. Safe, legal, and rare? Now we're wearing a pin with a heart representing a letter in the word abortion. Was this the plan? Back when Hillary and Bill Clinton were 
putting forward the idea that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare was the transing of kids, the chopping off of healthy breast tissue, the uh, chemical castration of young boys. Was that the plan when Democrats decided to turn from the position Barack Obama had in 2008 and begin to openly embrace gay marriage when it became politically expedient to do so? I don't think it was the plan. I think in some regard, the Democratic Party is today gripped by an evil that comes has come upon them, much like when you start to roll down a hill. There's a period there where you might be able to stop yourself, but eventually gravity and momentum usurp your ability to withstand the forces that are working on you. Malcolm Gladwell called that the tipping point. You get to a point where you can't resist anymore. I think the Democratic Party has long since passed that point where they can resist anymore. So it is incumbent upon us to be the resistance. Yes! Conservatives, the Republican Party, the party that used to be portrayed as staid and old and stale and stodgy, we have now become what the left portrayed itself as in the 60s. We have to be the resistance. So they packed out the Upper Arlington Board of Education meeting last night. It was the first public meeting since Executive Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Matthew Boaz, was caught on tape by Accuracy and Media saying that, eh, whenever parents ask us about critical race theory, uh, we tell them we're not teaching it. And then we fold it into every aspect of school life here at Upper Arlington. Well, this, of course, offended many parents in the Upper Arlington District because they don't like to be lied to. And, of course, the fact that there are parents in the Upper Arlington District who do not fully support the disparaging of America's founding, chafed an equal number of parents in Upper Arlington who are suffering from white guilt or, as I like to call it, stupidity. Forty residents got up last night at the board meeting and spoke for five minutes each. It took three and a half hours. They didn't solve anything, and they're not going to fire Matthew Boaz because Matthew Boaz is unfireable. If there's anyone unfireable, it is a minority who holds the role of diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. Matthew Boaz will leave of his own accord before he is ever fired from Upper Arlington. You know that. I know that. Most people are afraid to say it. I'm not. We all know Matthew Boaz has an impenetrable protection as the DEI director at Upper Arlington because if they fire him, guess what? Upper Arlington will be proving that it's not diverse, equitable, or inclusive. It is the best grift out there right now to be a DEI officer and tell everyone else how racist they are, how bigoted they are, because you can never be less racist enough, less bigoted enough. This is one of the many clear demonstrations in our country of why our country 
is on a slow and gathering momentum descent towards self-destruction. What was it Abraham Lincoln once said? As a nation of free men, we will live forever or die by suicide. Yeah. But as Bill Maher said, I will clean it up. Lincoln's been canceled, so forget him. What did some of the parents have to say last night at Upper Arlington where Matthew Boaz was caught on tape? Well, first of all, he's caught on tape, so, well, that should just get rid of anything that he said because he didn't say it in an open meeting where he knew people were listening and might hold him accountable for what he said. Again, if that's your logic, you really are ignorant. Are people not more forthcoming, more honest, more reflective of their true self when they don't think anyone is listening? If you hit your thumb with a hammer and you were all alone and no one was within hearing distance, would you react the exact same way as if you hit your thumb with a hammer and your pastor was standing next to you or your mother? I rest my case. Catherine Kennedy, woke fool, Catherine Kennedy. Upper Arlington schools are a perfect example of public education adequately funded and supported by the community. We are a beacon district, and that is why we are the target of extremist groups. Accuracy in media is an extremist group? You say, well, Bruce, accuracy in media is headed by a guy who used to be the vice president for development at Project Veritas, where they do ambush interviews. You know who used to do ambush interviews and who is extolled as a god on the left? Mike Wallace at 60 Minutes, Morley Safer at 60 Minutes, Harry Reasoner at 60 Minutes, Andy Rooney at 60 Minutes. Extolled as gods. Back when media was something other than the puppet Of the American left. Catherine Kennedy continues. Extremist groups don't want what's best for our children and want to further their own political agenda. Let me assess that statement for a bit, if I may. And I may, because it's my show. Extremist groups don't want what's best for our children and want to further their own political agenda. What is accuracy in media's political agenda? They don't want critical race theory taught in schools. They don't want kids, little ones, medium-sized ones and big ones, told that the country they are growing up in is horribly racist, awful, terrible, and if you're born a certain color or a certain nationality, you have no chance to survive. That is the message that accuracy in media and me are trying to exercise from our nation's schools. We would prefer that children be told that they can become whatever they want, if, if they work hard enough, if they apply themselves, and yes, and yes, if they are fortunate and blessed by someone who takes them under their wing and helps them along the way. Now, what is better for a young person to hear? You have no chance of succeeding because you're black. You have no chance of succeeding because you're Hispanic or Asian. Is that healthy? You know... I know you feel a little awkward about what's going on with your body right now in the throes of puberty. Have you ever considered the possibility that you might be not a boy, but a girl? 
perhaps your life could be better if we gave you drugs that would alter your body chemistry forever, render you sterile, and keep you from ever reaching sexual fulfillment. Doesn't that sound like a path to bliss? That is what Catherine Kennedy and her ilk would advocate for. And it's not just stupid 41-year-old women from Upper Arlington like Catherine Kennedy who say that. It's 70-year-old fools like Randy Walters who has grandchildren in the district. God help them. He says the ultimate goal is to defund public education in the Upper Arlington School District. No, it's not the ultimate goal because we on the right set realistic goals. But would I be sad if public education went away? Not in its current form and not on the path it's on. The goal is to defund public education and put tax dollars in their pocket, Walter said. No, the goal is to present American history authentically. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The bad, that bad things happen to people, and sometimes you can't stop it, but you are going to be much better off if you bear up, gather yourself, and fight back than if you give up because you are trapped in perpetual victimhood. And the ugly, that there was a period in American history where we viewed some of our fellow men and women as inferior. But we have corrected that and we have placed into law protections against that going forward. That is the education system I advocate for. If you love America, you will hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders articulate it fantastically next. 